Good morning. Thanks for being here this morning. Good to see each one of you. Um, uh, we're here to uh, worship our God yet again, seven days after the last time. But uh, it's a routine that we do to uh, remind ourselves of who God is, what he's done for us, also to encourage one another, to pray for one another, to uplift one another. It's all part of our relationship with Christ and our relationship with one another. So we're glad you're here. We trust that you feel welcome. If you're joining us online, welcome. We're so glad that you're here with us as well. Well, this morning I invite you to uh, let's sing a uh, wonderful song that simply says, All creatures of our God and King, let's praise Him, let's praise Him, let's stand together. Two, three, four. Of our God and King. 
to do exactly that. To lift up your name, to worship you, to praise you and give you all the honor and glory. It's to do your name this morning. We're here for you, God, in Jesus' name. Everyone said? Amen. Well, there's some great people standing in front, behind, on the side of you. Greet them this morning. Say good morning, and then you can be seated. Offering you've heard in a while, right? There you go. Let's pray. God, we just thank you so much for this morning. We pray that as we continue on with the rest of our worship, um, God, that let these, uh, these gifts that are given be a worship to you. We're just grateful for your provision, thankful for this morning. We pray that you continue to open our hearts to worship you in Jesus' name. Amen.
you, but that we would truly know who you are, God, your character, why you do things, why you don't do things, and that you are full of love and full of mercy, and that we would be so full of your love, and that we would see people around us as you see people. So if you guys could turn in your Bibles to Psalms 78, that's kind of be, going to be where we're going to land, or kind of like how I 
when I was reading through the Psalms, and then I we ended up teaching through we're teaching through the Psalms on Wednesdays and Thursdays with the youth. Um, I like was praying about what to do. Kerry, uh, Pastor Kerry told me he was uh, gonna go grocery shopping in the woods with guns, and so <laughs> I was like, okay, cool, that's cool. Uh, otherwise known for some of you as camping with guns, but um, I was like, that's cool, and he asked me to preach, and so I was like, I can do that. Normally, though, he gives me like a passage, because that's like a lane to stay in, you know, like it's, it's direction, but this time he told me, you can preach on whatever you want, and I was like, whoa, buddy, with great power comes great responsibility, man. <laughs> Calm down there, all right, I don't know if I want that. And, uh, but in reality I did because the Lord had been stirring a message, this message in my heart for a while. And I was a little nervous about it, uh, because, uh, it pretty much targets all of us. And, and, uh, in terms of like a responsibility that we all have in life and that's to pass on truth. So this is kind of a double meaning to this. There's, it's passing on truth, but in reality, if you think about it, if you and I choose not to pass on truth to the next generation, then we're literally passing on truth. You get my point? Literally, right? So our job as a church, our job as people who know God is to pass on truth to the next generation. But when I say the next generation, I'm not just talking about the old to the young or the middle-aged or the families to their children. I'm talking about all of us. Because the way God instituted and created the world order of everything is literally there's ancient people, there's old people, there's like people who never want to say they're old people, then there's like kind of middle-aged people, and then there's like kind of less middle-aged people, right? And then there's like people who are like young families. Did I catch that right? Then there's like... uh, then there's like young people who like we'll say college age, right? They're not married. They're they're adulting and they hate it. And then there's like um then there's like the youth that are in high school, junior high. Then there's like kids, right? And and we love the kids and then there's like babies who can't really understand the truth other than mom give me something to eat, right? So there's lots of different like age groups in life and the Bible deals with all of them at different times. And there's lots of different examples of bad examples of passing on truth, good examples of passing on truth in Scripture. So again, it's a wide, it's a wide, uh, wide area that we can go with this. But uh, Psalm 78 kind of gives us some focus and then helps us to kind of narrow it down a little bit. So I'm just going to be sharing with you the things that I believe God's taught me. One of the things I want to preface this on is the fact that um, just like I would hope any preacher would say, is I don't have this completely down. I know that this church pays me to be a youth pastor. God called me into youth ministry to do this. and But I want to admit fully, willingly, that I, I am not perfect at any of this. I strive to do what I'm going to preach to you. Does that make sense? Um, and the other thing I want to say right up front, um, and normally I don't like caveats at the beginning of messages, but I really felt like I should do that, and that's that some of the things that I'm going to say today are going to convict you. Some of the things might, might make you feel shameful um, because they make me feel shameful. 
some of the things that we're going to talk about are going to be uh, things that like maybe we have failed or feel like we failed at. Okay, and uh, and I'm right there with you. And so I, I want to just preface that and just say that this message is designed to encourage you and to challenge you. Um, and I pray that the Holy Spirit would just do that work in you. It's not meant to have you like walk away with your head in shame. I'm not somebody saying that I have this down and that my children are turning out perfectly and it's amazing, right? No. Okay. If you guys know anything about children, you know they don't turn out perfectly. They turn out. They turn out. Right? Yeah. So, thank you. That made me feel good. I feel like we're in the same space here. All right. So, uh, so let's get into it. If you guys could turn to Psalm 78. Um, if you guys would stand for the reading of God's Word. We're just going to read through Psalm 78, 1 through 8. And I'll, I'll be honest, um, I did not purposely put Psalm 78, 1 through 8 on the board. I don't believe in lazy Christians. Get your Bible out. All right? And like, read God's Word, why don't you? Jeez. Alright, sorry. Okay, here we go. Psalm 78, verses 1 through 8. Listen, O my people, to my instruction. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us. We will not conceal them from our children, but we will tell them to, the, to come, tell the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wondrous works that he has done. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should teach them to their children and that the generation to come might know, even the children yet to be born, that they may arise and tell them to their children and that they should put their confidence in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments." And not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that did not prepare its heart and whose spirit was not faithful to God. God, we just praise you and thank you for your word and ask that you would just speak to us through it. I pray, Lord, uh, that my words would be your words, that, God, you would um, just encourage us. Holy Spirit, you would just convict and challenge and heal. God, we just are grateful for you this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> so I chose this picture of a campfire uh, for a lot of different reasons when I was thinking about how to encapsulate this, this message. Campfires are beautiful. How many of you guys have ever sat, be, sat around a campfire in your life? Probably just about every hand, right? Maybe not. Some, some of you I know don't like camping. Your idea of a campfire is like the electric fireplace in your house, right? But like... There's a lot of us that we really like campfires, and one of the things that happens around campfires, especially when families go camping, happens around campfires are stories, right? So I can remember still as a kid the many stories that my uncles and uh, my parents and stuff would tell me, and my grandparents especially would tell me, sitting around a campfire, you know, drinking hot chocolate or having marshmallows or whatever. It's kind of a, a, a generational thing where like in, in America especially like we, we sit around the campfire and we talk and we, we tell stories and we relate to each other I mean even at family camp you know there's a whole section of people over here that like stay up way too late and we're all mad at them because they won't go to bed right and they're just relating around the campfire and they're enjoying you know thankfully because they're Christians they're not enjoying the things that you don't or that you enjoy when you're you know not a Christian 
They're enjoying the presence and the company of each other, telling stories, encouraging each other. Some of the deepest conversations I've had in my life, just to be honest, were around campfires. Some of you guys know uh, uh, Jeremy Braun, who used to, the Brauns used to be a part of our church for a long time. They moved to Texas, um, just like everybody else, apparently. Um, and so, uh, like, one of, the, one of the deepest conversations I had was with him around a campfire at Boys Outback. And we just sat, we stayed up way too late. And we were just talking about life and God and, and the beauty of God's creation. Like the stars were right there and we were talking, we were solving all the world's problems. It was amazing. Nobody listened to us, but, you know. So the question today is, how do we pass on truth to the next generation? How do we pass on truth to the next generation? A lot of people have different ideas about what this is, right? I asked our youth a, a couple of weeks ago, maybe that was last week, I can't remember. Um, this question, because I was like, you know what, in all my years of being like a youth pastor and working with youth, I've never asked youth this question. So I asked them this question not knowing that I was going to give some of their answers in front of you guys and in front of them. Sorry, guys. Sorry. All right. Here we go. This was their answers. So the, the number one answer, I think, was commercials and TikToks, right? To get, you know, the truth of God out there. Actually, there's some really good TikToks with God's truth out there, believe it or not. Um, uh, they are out there. Um, yell at them was one I thought was pretty pretty funny, right? Like we should yell God's truth to to each other, right? Like Jesus loves you. Um, we should teach it in schools. Yeah, duh. Right? They know, right? Um, family Bible study. This was a good one. Uh, we used to have family Bible study when our kids were were, were real little, and uh, my son. When he was little, he used to call it family demotion because he couldn't say the word de- devotion. <laughs> and I love that because, like, we, we stuck with that. We actually started saying family demotion, everybody, because it reminded us to be humble before God, like, while we were doing family devotion, right? Um, and then, you know, church, obviously going to church um, is a big deal. And then music, some, some, one of the students said, we need to put more music out there like that has the message of God's truth, and that makes sense, obviously. Some of, some of us can quote movies and music more than we can God's Word. Right? Yes. I could actually probably give you some lines and you could quote them. And then if I give you Scripture, you'd be like, yeah, me too, though. So I'm working on it. So let's answer it this, this way. Why is it important to pass on God's truth to the next generation? Let me, let me get some answers from you guys. Let's, let's be, you know, this, isn't, this is church in the morning. But, uh, but I want to get some answers from you. Why is it so important to pass on truth to the next generation? Somebody give me an answer. Say it again. Yeah. Big time. How are they going to follow the Lord if they're not taught? What else? That's a great word. Anchoring. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Why am I up here? You guys can preach this message. <laughs> All right, what else? Yeah. <coughs> Yeah. Yeah. Big time. God tells us to. Yeah. That's a big one. Right. 
So that's the misnomer. That's 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 the reality, or or it's the sad reality of the world. Is is messages are out there. Messages won't stop just because, like we, like if we stop telling God's truth and passing God's truth on, um, there is another message that's out there that's not God's. Actually, there's multiple messages out there that's not God's truth. And so, in reality, yeah, messages keep happening. Why? Because life keep hap- keeps happening, and people come. People are innately. We're all created in the image of God. With creative ability, it's amazing. I love it. And yet, at the same time, we can create things that are ridiculously wrong. We can create things that are ridiculously way off, right? And, and share messages about our own truth. That's one of the worst phrases ever. Your truth has done more to hurt and harm many people. God's truth is one thing, and that's what we're going to talk about this morning. But your truth is a whole other story. Um, and I won't get into that because that gets into a soapbox that I'm already standing tall right now, so I'm not going to do that. All right. Before we go into, like, I think three things that I'm, I'm, I'm kind of grew up Baptist, so I always label messages in three things, you know, like three points. So, um, so before we get into my three points, I want to talk about some myths. Some myths about, uh, about passing on truth to the next generation. Myth number one, it happens by osmosis. Better caught than taught, right? This is that our children will just catch our spiritual values by simply being around their parents in church. It's the why behind the values that comes through teaching them and seeing the values lived out and that impacts more than just the mythical force of church. Do you guys believe in the mythical force of church? You know, like any Star Wars fans out there, right? Sometimes I feel like we, we, we feel like there's this mythical force of church that somehow if we get them in the building, you know, like, like all of a sudden the kids come out and they're like, John 3:16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Do you know Jesus? If you don't, you're going to H-E double hockey sticks, right? No. That's not how it works. It doesn't work by osmosis. Um, now, can it work by osmosis? Can people get truth like indirectly? Yes. But ultimately, when it comes to passing on truth, it's not a winning like strategy. Okay. Um, myth number two, it's the job of the professionals. This is the one that I love preaching on all the time, right? That's what the church is for. That's why we pay our pastors. You're the professional. I remember one time, this, it wasn't at this church, praise God. Don't do this to me, all right? It wasn't at this church, but <clears throat> I remember um, I was leading a youth group, and, and a student came to me and was like, hey, I really want my friend to know Jesus. I'm like, cool, you just tell him. And they were like, well, no, 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 I'm going to bring him to church, and will you talk to him? And I'm like, well, I mean, I'll talk to him, but why don't you tell him? Like, well, you know, you have the better words than I do. I'm like, um, the words are like right here. Like, like you, can, you can say this. You want me to like help you like have the words? Well, no, 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 but this is like, that's like what you do. And I'm like, right, but it's what God wants you to do, you know? And, and I feel like we, we run this, this game sometimes in church where it's like, oh, well, you know, the pastor will say the right thing, so let's get people to church. Did you know that people will hear it more better from you? I know that's not how you're supposed to say that phrase. People will hear it more better from you, all right? They will. Why? Because you know them. We don't. I don't, you know. People bring people here all the time and they want me to talk to them about Jesus or, or like you you're come into church and you're hoping that Pastor Kerry, we will preach God's word and God's word will land where it lands, right? And it will convict people. 
And people will come to faith in Jesus because God wants to do that work, and the Holy Spirit is here doing that work. That's going to happen, absolutely. So I'm not saying don't bring people to church. I'm just saying that if you literally spent the last week or two or month hanging out with this person, and your big response to bringing the gospel to them is to get them to church, man, you're missing the boat. That is not passing on truth. That's passing on truth. Why? Because it's our responsibility. And why? Because they know you. You know, one of the things, um, when I was a welder, I'm still a welder, but um, like when I was actually welding not, and not full-time pastoring, um, I remember like being convicted of this because I was in like with a lot of welder guys. And welder guys, we're not known for, we're not known for our family values. Um, we're not known for our uh, eloquent language. Um, we're not known for a lot of things, okay? Uh, but for me, being a, a pastor and, and like having a pastor's heart and like really being a Christian and trying to, trying to be a light in that scenario, I remember the first time I was ever called Pastor Mike was in a weld shop. And it was a derogatory term because I had just preached the gospel to somebody. Man, I can tell you, the, I would rather hear it in that environment than in this environment. And I love hearing it. It's, it's cool, you know. Um, it took me about year and a half bef- before I started realizing when the people called me Pastor Mike, it meant me, you know, because it, it just was foreign to me. Um, but it's not the job of the professionals. It's the job of the church. How many of you guys claim that, like, to be a Christian or to be like a Bible-believing like, person who has uh, accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior? Raise your hand. I'm just, and if, yeah, okay. A lot of you. And if you didn't raise your hand, it's not because you're not a Christian. I know that. It's just because you're like, I don't raise hand for youth pastors. Anyways. <laughs> I get it. Okay? My youth do that all the time. So, um, the reality is, is that if you claim the name of Christ as a Christian, it's your job. Jesus didn't pass on or didn't give the Great Commission to, like, he gave it to the church. And so, like, it is our job to share the gospel. And trust me when I tell you, we'll get into that in a minute, like, you have so much ability within you already to share the gospel and to be who God wants you to be for those people. Way more than I do or way more than Pastor Kerry does or, or Pastor Tom. Like, don't, trust me, we, we love doing it, and we love sharing with people, answering tough theological questions, like trying to guide people and pray for people and counsel people and stuff like that. It's, that's why we're here. It's what we want to do. But actually passing on God's truth is something we all need to do. It's something God calls us all to do. Myth number three, it's not worth the effort. They're going to choose what they're going to choose anyway. I've heard, I heard this a lot. This is a lot in our community, by the way, and I'll just call you out for it because I love you. Uh, if this is what you believe, it's like, um, like, oh, well, they're just going to choose. And I want, my, I want my children to be able to choose whatever they want to choose when they're older. Please don't say whatever to your kids. Do you know what whatever means? It means whatever. Do you realize that? Like, it means whatever. No, I, like for me and my kids, like, they don't listen to me. But, like, I want them to know, like, this is why I'm choosing to live for and to, to, to breathe and to be who I am in Christ. This is why I love my wife. This is why I, I, I am trying to be faithful with different things in my life, with, with, the, with the areas of my life and trying to show my love for God and show my love that God gives me for people. This is who I am. And so this isn't like something that I want you to 
to be because I'm just saying, I just want you to be whatever. Whatever you want. You know, if you never tell your kids or if we never tell people that we love what we want them to be, they can never aim anywhere. Did you know that? Yeah, it is going to be their choice. And some of them, a lot of times, they rebel and they choose otherwise because they have that choice. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't arm them with the truth. It doesn't mean we shouldn't push them into God's truth. Does that make sense? It's not worth the effort. I mean, it is true. We may be, like, it may mean fighting with a teenager. It may mean your kids are going to ask you questions. Have you guys ever been asked a question that, you're, that you can't answer? Yeah, right? But the long-term impact of allowing spiritual truth vacuum to exist is, de- is like, horrible. Think about that. When people grow, grow up not really knowing because no one says anything to them, what does that do? Some of you guys grew up in homes where God wasn't talked about, where, where uh, the example that you had was maybe an abusive parent. The example you had was that all there was to life was, you know, working and then on the weekends partying. Some of you guys grew up with that example. Some of you guys came out of that lifestyle. Some of you guys, like, can understand some of these myths because you're feeling like, yeah, man, that's exactly how I grew up or that's how, how I can relate. Or maybe you're feeling like, well, I was trying to do the best with my kid, but this is how, this is how I handled it. I get that too. And again, like I said before, I'm not, I'm not here to condemn. I'm just here to share that this is a myth. The reality is that God wants us to pass on truth. So let's get into that. Um, I forget who it was, but somebody over here, I believe it was, basically quoted this verse without quoting this verse. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him and if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? This is Paul, the Apostle Paul, telling the Roman. And this is after he shares like the portion of if we confess with our mouth, Christ Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we'll be saved. What's the point? The point is, we need to say it. We need to talk more. Okay? There is, there is a lot of people who say, you know, just, just, I just want to be a, I just want to show my faith with the way I live my life. That's great. But open your mouth too, okay? Because you're not going to say it right. I don't say it right half the time. But you know what? I say it. I want to say it. And, and God can, can't, let me ask you this. Can God bless your mess? Can God bless your, for lack of a better term, and again, not trying to offend, can God bless our stupidity? Can God bless when we, and use when we mess it up? But yet we're like in the grips of the fear of messing it up that's keeping us from doing, even doing that. God's like, I'll bless your mess. Just make one. Okay, so how do we pass on God's truth to the next generation? These are my three points. Number one, know the truth of God. Yes, you'll make messes. Uh, It's a lifelong process to know the truth of God, isn't it? Yes. So this reminds me of a story since it's Veterans Day I figured I would share. My dad was drafted into the army uh, between uh, Korea and Vietnam. 
And uh, when he was in the army, he was uh, a part of like a group that did artillery, <coughs> among other things. And uh, he would tell me this story about this one time where there was a, a they were in a, a group artillery situation and they were going to be firing off rounds. And this young lieutenant came in and started giving them orders. And he was the one with the map and was trying to tell them which way to go. And he gave them the directions. Only a bunch of the privates tried to tell him um, that's the wrong way to shoot. And, and, you know, being a young lieutenant and being like, like, you know, the man in charge, right? He was like, listen to me, take my orders. I need you to, you know, do what I said to do, right? And so they were looking at him like, really? And they said it again. And he, he like, cussed him out and was, like, telling him, like, you know, like, you need to follow my orders or I'm going to, like, you know, discipline you, all that kind of stuff, like, put you peeling potatoes or whatever. And so they're like, they all looked at each other like, okay, I guess we're going to do this. So, so they fired the round. And he said, put another one in. They fired the round. He said, put another one in. They fired around. Just about that time, they get a phone call, like, over the, or like the radio call. And uh, one of the commanders was screaming in the thing, cease fire, cease fire, cease fire. And they find out later that this guy just put three rounds within like 100 feet of the barracks that the soldiers were staying in. And they had told him, they had told him that the, the, the soldiers were knew, knew the right thing to do, but this guy didn't know how to read a map. And, and in his hubris and in his like, you know, pride or whatever, he, he just wanted to do his job and, and force these guys to do the wrong thing, even though he didn't really even totally realize it was the wrong thing. See, sometimes like we don't know the right thing to do, right? But we don't know the right thing to do. You know why that guy didn't know how to read a map? Because nobody had ever told him. Nobody had really, he wasn't paying attention when they showed with him. And some guys just don't know how to read maps. Just, just, let's just be honest, right? We just don't know how to read maps. And, but if it's your pride that keeps you from reading the map, if it's pr- your pride that keeps you from, from, from like having the truth, then you could make some fatal mistakes for people. Thankfully, no one died in that scenario, but... For my dad, it was always this story of like how uh, this guy would not listen to the people that actually knew the truth. He, they actually knew what was going on and, and because of their pride or whatever. It's an interesting thing about truth. To know the truth of God, Jesus said this, You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings, and you will know the truth, and the truth will what? Set you free. You know, the interesting thing about truth, I've never been enslaved by it. Never. Every time the truth is spoken or the truth is, is preached or proclaimed or, or I've believed in in my life, it's set me free. Set me free from the bondage of sin. Set me free from the bondage of, of like the chains that, that held me down in certain ways. Set me free from the bondage of, of the lies that people were saying, right? The truth sets us free. And this is God's truth that we're talking about. Truth sets us free. Which is, again, why if you know the truth... Not only will it set you free, but then you share that truth. What do you think that's going to do to the next generation? It's going to set us free. I bet if we, we're not going to do it for lack of time, but I bet if we sat here for the next five minutes, you guys could just rattle off all the untruths that you see in society today, right? I mean, I shake my head in the morning. I don't even watch the news anymore because I'm like, it's just too sad, right? It's like we live in an upside down world. This is the weirdest thing ever, right? 
And, and part of that has to do with the fact that truth was completely de- God's truth was completely devalued. And, and what's been completely valued right now is your truth. Living everybody's personal truth. Right? And, and personal autonomy. And personal... We live in the most narcissistic society like ever. We just do. Look, and I'm all, I'm all for people like us having value, but our value and our worth needs to come from God. Our value and our worth and who we are needs to come from God's truth. Because otherwise, it leads to destruction. It just does. And it leads to not freedom. Psalm 119, uh, 9-12 says this, How can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping it according to your word. <coughs> With all my heart, I've sought you. Don't let me wander from your commandments. I've treasured your word in my heart so that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, Lord. Teach me your statutes. The psalmist understood. He understood what it meant. He understood the value of truth. He understood that the way to keep from sin, and honestly, the way to keep others from sin, is to know God's truth. I didn't understand different things about my life before, and, and like the, the the sins that were leading me to to destroy, destroying my life. I didn't understand them, and to the, to some degree, I still don't understand them until God reveals them to, to me through His truth. The different ways of like the different places in my life, like anger. And lust and like, uh, like pride and these different things that really have a grip that, that of my old life. Like those are the things that God has set me free from and continues to set me free from if I continue to do things according to his word. If I continue to know God's truth and to allow God's truth to set me free. Does that make sense? I know this is kind of basic. And yet... Second thing, share God's truth. This is an interesting one. Uh, Psalm seventy-eight, four, which we which we've been reading, right in here it says, <coughs> "We will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about His power and His mighty wonders." And what is that saying? To share God's truth, right? It's intentionality, right? We will not hide these truths from our children. Why would anybody feel ashamed to tell people about how God set them free? And yet, sometimes we're afraid to. So this is what you're, I can tell you, this is what your kids need. Your kids need to know who you were before Christ. And some of you guys are like, no, no, I ain't going to do that. You know how po- empowering that is to a student to understand that their parents have gone through mistakes and their parents have, have, have done things that they're being tempted to do right this second. You know how empowering that is and how like amazing that is to hear from your from your the, the failures? And then you're like, well, I, I just want to keep this image. Why? It's an image you want to keep for somebody else? I get it, but sometimes your kids are like, yeah, my, my mom and dad think they don't do any wrong, but I know better. Well, how about having an honest conversation with them about that? Grandparents? This is another thing you can do. Some of your grandkids, some of your even kids don't know your stuff. They don't know the truth about who you are and how God saved you. What he saved you from. Because you've never shared it. Maybe you have, and that's a good thing. Keep sharing it. We'll get into that in a minute. 
We will not hide these truths from our children. Tell, tell, speak God's truth. We will, not, we will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about His power and His mighty wonders. And this is the other part of it, okay? If God's done something great in your life, share it. Share it with your kids. That time that you didn't know how you were going to pay for something, and then God showed up with money, and you like were freaking out and couldn't understand how that happened. Share that. Because someday in their life, there may be a situation where they're out of money, and they can't figure out how it's going to happen, and the next thing you know, hopefully they will turn to the Lord for that. And then God will do that same miracle in their lives, and they'll be like, wow, God did show up, just like He did in my parents' lives. Share it. Um, turn with me really quick to Deuteronomy 6, 1-9. through 9. This is probably one of the biggest passages <coughs> to prove this truth, and it's a charge, really. Deuteronomy chapter 6, it says this, Now this is the commandment, the statutes and the judgments, which the Lord your God has commanded me to teach you, that you might do them in the land where you are going over to possess it, so that you and your son and your grandson might fear the Lord your God, to keep all the statutes, his commandments, which I command you all the days of your life, and that your days may be prolonged. O Israel, you should listen and be careful to do it, that it may be well with you, and that you, that you may multiply greatly, just as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you in a land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Amen to that. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. These words which I am commanding to you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your sons. shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. You shall bind them on the sign, the, as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontals on your forehead. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And then it shall come about when the Lord your God brings you into the land which he swore to your fathers Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give you great and splendid cities which he did not build. Oh, I want one more verse, but that's okay. You get the point? Check this out. In verse 7, you shall teach them diligently to your sons, shall talk about them when you sit down in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. Does that leave any part of the day out? <coughs> So what is God's word telling us to do? From the very beginning of the nation of Israel, they were to tell their children and their children's children like God was giving them a way to pass on the truth. Super simple. That's not hard. But it is hard sometimes, or we feel like it's hard in today's society. Right? The number one thing I see in today's society with families these days and it's just reality with all of us sometimes, is this. Now you can walk into a house and like there's five people with cell phones and they're all standing around doing this. So my suggestion to you, it'll annoy your kids to no end. Text them God's word. I love you. Hear O Lord. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. Seriously. I mean, these things are great. They're communication devices. We have all kinds, like every, we have every way possible now to like communicate with people, and yet we don't, right? Use it, use it for God's glory. 
Okay, this thing, it, it's like, you know, it's like how there's always that argument with, you know, and wherever you land with guns or whatever, but there, there's these inanimate objects that we always blame when we're the people who pick them up and use them, right? The phone's the same thing, okay? If there's, if there's stuff on your phone that's not godly, right, then get rid of it. Or you start using this thing for God's glory. Start using this thing to pass on God's truth. Start using this thing as a way that would really help your kids to know who Jesus is, as opposed to to know a bunch of stuff and a bunch of untruths that are out there. The lies of the devil, right? So, I, like, I'm not, I'm not a, like, I'm not one of those like book burner people or whatever. I'm not saying go. Let's all just have, after church, we're gonna throw our phones in the fire outside, right? Yeah. It's gonna be amazing, and we'll see demons fly out of them and stuff. Probably that would probably be true, but, but like, but I'm not like that, I, you know. But I am gonna tell you that uh, that if you're not using it for God's glory or for passing on truth, then it's being used to not pass on truth or to pass on some other kind of information that's not godly. I mean, am I wrong about that? Am, am I just like way off base here? I, I don't think so, but you know. But God's mandate here is what? To, to do that. To, that our houses would be places where people would know God's word. Like one of the things that <coughs> I love about my wife is that she's, she loves Jesus and she puts scripture up everywhere. Sometimes I don't even want to read the scripture on my walls, all right? I'm just being honest. Like, you know, how many of you guys, like, before 6 a.m., you're not a Christian, all right? Right? You, like, wake up, you're like, Ugh. right? And it's like, husbands, love your wives. I'm like, Ugh. I don't want to do that right now. I'm too tired. I need coffee first, right? Jesus and coffee. That's what I need before I can love my wife the way God wants me to. But I love it because there's verses up all over our house and it reminds me of God's truth like constantly. And people who walk into our house, there's different places to remind you of God's truth. I'm not saying that you guys should all do that, but it's here too, right? Write it on your doorposts. I remember when we got married, one of the things that somebody gave us was this little door knocker. You know, like door knockers aren't around anymore, but it was like door knockers. And it said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And I remember we got our first apartment and I remember I kind of got in trouble because I, like, installed the door knocker on our apartment. I'm like, it's my door. I'm paying for it, you know? So, like, I put the door knocker, and so people would come up there, and they'd knock, and, like, you know, we would know that, it, like, who it, like, we would know somebody was at the door because they would knock. And the door knockers are really effective. But I wanted them to understand, like, this is what we believe. This is who we are. This is a picture of... Uh, kind of a more literal translation or interpretation of this. Um, there's some very uh, traditional Jewish people that will do this kind of thing. Um, that little box up there is basically based out of this scripture. The, the, the tassels, I can't even fully describe it because <coughs> I'm not like super smart like that. But what I can tell you is when I went to Israel, we would see people that, that were very traditional and very had these kind of things. And you know what? It's really easy for us to kind of make fun of that kind of thing, and yet we don't do it. This guy has conviction, man. I mean, yeah, maybe to me it's misguided because it's like a very literal interpretation of, of this whole thing, but he's doing it. What am I doing? You know, 
And I'm not saying I want to see all of you in here next week with tattoos on your foreheads, you know, like God's Ten Commandments right here, babe. You know, no, don't do that. I mean, I would suggest not doing that, okay? But what I, will, what I will tell you is, you know, what can we do to get God's Word more out there in our homes? Write them on your doorposts, right? And this is like a reference. A lot of things would happen over the doorposts. Post. That was like a, all throughout Scripture. We see the different times, even like what is it in uh, during the Exodus, right? When they would put the blood over the doorposts, and this is this house is redeemed by God, right? So what what are you doing in the spaces that you have to pass on God's truth, to share God's truth? I, I bet if we and you can, I would encourage you guys to talk about this after church. I would encourage you guys to talk about this with your friends. What are some things? What are some things that you guys do in your own homes? to really proclaim God's truth to anybody that walks in. You know? Or are you, like, maybe you're not afraid to, but you're like, well, I don't like putting verses up on the wall because it might offend people. They're already offended. I'm just telling you. Did you know that? Like, I'm, I'm really kind of, this is a soapbox issue for me. Like, I'm really kind of annoyed with the fact that, like, I'm offended, the people are offended. So sometimes I just want to offend people just because they're already offended anyways, right? And then I'm like, well, now I'm offended. So let's all be offended together. Does that bring unity? Look, we're both offended. We're on the same page. Yeah, Mike. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, one way you can help pass on God's truth is volunteering at Awanas or volunteering youth ministry, volunteering in all kinds of different ways. Um, there's, uh, there's lots of different... The one thing that I love about our church is that we're a busy church. There can be good and bad to that. Okay, But I can tell you it, it goes a lot better if we have a lot of help. right? And it's an opportunity for you guys to serve, an opportunity for you guys to pass on God's truth, an opportunity for you to show your kids or your grandkids or whatever, that you're serving God and that's what your life is about. So yeah, good word, Mike. Okay, lastly here, because i got to wrap it up. <coughs> Live God's truth. This is an interesting one. Right? Psalm 78, 7 through 8. So that they would put, in, put their confidence in God and not forget the works of God but comply with his commandments and not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that did not prepare its heart and whose spirit was not faithful to God. Do you know the, the detriments of not passing on truth or the detriments of, of even when you do pass on truth, sometimes people rebel from it. Sometimes people don't want to have anything to do with it. But notice this, the 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 thing that I don't want my, the, the, the Lord to say about me or that other people would say about my life would be that I was stubborn, rebellious, and, and that I just, you know, that, that, that God meant nothing to me. A generation that did not prepare its heart and whose spirit was not faithful to God. Jesus said this, If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. <coughs> The one who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. 
And the one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and reveal myself to him. In Christendom, within especially denominational churches and especially in evangelical churches, we're really big on like the grace of God. We're really big on, on uh, you know, God loves you no matter what. And I'm not saying I don't believe any of that. I do. But I can tell you this. You, you, would all, you and I are also better off if we understand that obedience is a huge deal to God. Right? Jesus spoke about it. And so we like to play with the grace of God like it's good. Like, yeah, thank you, God, for allowing me to be the horrible wretch that I am. And, and I want to live in, in that grace, but, but man, to obey Jesus, well, I don't know about that. Because that might mean sacrifice. That might mean, like, uh, doing something that gets me out of my comfort zone. That might mean saying something to somebody that I need to say, be, even though I've been knowing that and convicted of that for a long time. Does God want to push you outside of your comfort zone? Absolutely. He is scary. I'll admit it. That's why it's called the fear of God. We should fear Him in that way too. And we should love Him and understand that He... You know who did the most for you? You didn't even know it? It was Jesus. Stepped out of heaven for you. He spoke in front of crowds. He spoke, he spoke to people and passed on God's truth. Like to, The reason why we're sitting here claiming the name of Christ is because of all that he did for us. And yet we're somehow, like obedience is like lost on us sometimes, right? It's interesting though because I think, um, I think James sums it up pretty well. <coughs> Prove yourselves doers of the word and not just hearers who deceive themselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks in his natural face in the mirror. Once he's looked at himself and gone away, he's immediately forgotten what kind of a person he was. But the one who has looked intently at the perfect law, the law of freedom, has continued in it, not becoming a forgetful hearer, but an active doer. This person will be blessed in what he does. Did you, did you read that last part? To be a doer of the word means you, you'll be blessed in what you do by God. Does that mean it's going to be hard? Probably. But are you going to be blessed? Yes. Why? Because God's behind it. I, I want to be in a place that God's behind. I want to be doing things that God's behind, that God's a part of, that God's actually doing. I want to look for the places where God's doing things and, and go there and do them. Why? Because that's what He called me to be, as a doer of the Word of God, which means... I need to know God's truth. I need to share God's truth. I need to love God's or live God's truth. If you want to pass on God's truth, these are the three things that we need to do. And a lot of you know them. This is just an encouragement and a and a, a push, if you will, to to encourage you to to do it more and, and to step up when when you're feeling that sense or that call. You know, it's funny because we we do that. We're like, well, I can't say that because you know I work in a I work in this situation, and if I say that, I might get fired. Okay. But is God calling you to do it? When I read the book of Acts, and, you know, Peter and John are sitting before the magistrate, and they're like, you shouldn't preach the gospel anymore, otherwise we'll kill you. And they're like, oh, yeah, we should just, no. My boss said I shouldn't do it, so I'm not going to do it. No, actually, they were like, well, uh, that's fine, except for, like, it's, it's on me to obey God, not you. Again, I'm not calling for civil disobedience at your works or anything. I'm just saying, 
There's a lot of places where we can do things where we don't. And the world needs us right now. The world desperately needs people who know truth to share God's truth. Is it going to turn things around? I don't know, but it's going to turn that person around. If our motivation is because we want some kind of new world Christian order, we're wrong. If your motivation, though, is because you want to see your friend in heaven, that's the motivation. If the motivation is somehow to, uh, you know, create, create uh, heaven here on earth, that's the wrong motivation. I don't want heaven here on earth. Because Jesus had to go to prepare a place for you. I want to go there, all right? I don't want it here. I want to, I want to go there. Where, where Jesus went, that's where I want to go. But for us, we, we need to share God's truth, know God's truth, and live God's truth because that's what God's calling us to do. Amen? Amen. So pass on God's truth. Let me pray. Father, thank you so much for the fact that we, uh, we have the opportunity and ability to pass on your truth. And I pray this morning, God, I know that <coughs> this message landed differently all over the room in different people's hearts. And so I pray, Father, that you would encourage us, God, this morning. Maybe there's somebody right now that we can think of that we haven't been uh, maybe as bold as we could be with them about who, who, we, who we love and who we believe in. And God, we're, we're worried about maybe broken relationships. We're worried about pushing people further away. We're worried about all kinds of things that sometimes just aren't reality. So God, help us not to listen to the enemy or any of the things. Help us to listen to you with how we can do this and how we should um, be obedient to you in terms of how we're passing on truth to the next generation in whatever capacity. We are as an aunt, as an uncle, as a, as a parent, as a grandparent, as a student. Lord God, we're, we all have influence, and so I pray that you would just encourage all of us to pass on your truth, because it's definitely worth it. In Jesus' name, amen.
for a minute. I just am really feeling and sensing God um, wanting to do something this morning. If you need prayer regarding this in your life, if you need prayer, um, like you, you just like, I know I need to do more to pass on God's truth to the people in my life. If you need prayer, would you just stand? Amen. Amen. You know why I'm up here? Because I'm standing too. If you guys could, um, if you would, just reach out to somebody around you and let's pray. And let's ask God to, to do his work in our hearts and in our lives, to be more bold, to be who we need to be for Jesus in these, in these places. And if you, if you didn't stand, that's, a, that's not like, a, like you, you have it perfect. I know that. But I know I was sensing God just really, really moving in people's hearts this morning. And so I, I, I'm, I'm blessed. I, I, every opportunity you get to stand for Jesus in that regard, God honors that. So do me a favor for those of you uh, around e- each other, just kind of reach out to the person around you and let's pray, okay? God, we just thank you so much, Lord. Lord, we confess that we need your help. God, uh, for whatever reason, uh, there's a lot of the, maybe these some of these areas that we need to know your truth more, Lord. We need to make you more of a priority. We need to, to just really be more bold in the ways that we know we need to, Lord. God, I pray for this week that it would be a week of victory in our lives. God, I pray that um, as we've seen these people take a bold step in standing for, for your truth by just asking for help, God. Lord, I pray that we would just be encouraging and praying for each other this week. That we'd see victory in this area of our lives this week, God, and and going forward, especially as we head into the holidays and get to see a lot of people that maybe we haven't seen before. Lord, we need your help. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would show up in big ways this week. Thank you for doing that work this morning in our hearts. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us in the study of God's Word with Pastor Kerry Wacker. We'd love to have you join us in person for worship each Sunday morning at 9 a.m. or 1045 a.m. We also meet Wednesday nights at 630 p.m. Warren Community Fellowship is located at 56523 Columbia River Highway in Warren, Oregon, between Scappoose and St. Helens. For more information about Warren Community Fellowship or about WCF Ministries, call us at 503-397-4387. And don't forget to like us on Facebook.